Right, so initially, when I started um, preparing for this, um, when Pastor Jeff emailed me and said, this is where we're going for the month of, um, what is this, May? Oh, my goodness. I was going to say, like, Feb, you know. A few months have gone by since February. Yeah, but when he, he, he um, emailed me and said, this is it, um, firstly, this the, the thought dropped in my heart, and it, it was there for a while, but God brought it back to me. But then I started battling, because um, how many of you grew up in Pentecostal churches? Um, and if you grew up in a Pentecostal church, especially, I can only talk about this because I grew up in Pentecostal. As soon as you hear empowered by the Holy Spirit, one of the things you think of is acts. Yeah? Am I right? Yeah. You think of acts and you think of um, the Holy Spirit coming like, um, and there were tongues of fire on their heads. And it was a mighty rushing wind. And, and you think... Yeah, all the miracle signs and wonders that followed. Or is it just me? Okay, right. So everybody grew up in Pentecostal circles. Get that. And I think sometimes there's a misconception that the Holy Spirit is just a force. Um, or he's just that mighty rushing wind. Or he's the tongues of fire that came in the upper room. And this is why I battled, because somehow um, we've all, you know, we've all been in church meetings where um, you can feel the tangible presence of God, and then you feel all fired up, and you feel like, yeah, I'm ready to take the world on, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I'll be able to fulfill his plans and his purposes for me. And don't get me wrong, we can, because the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. In Acts 1, 8, Jesus tells us, he tells his disciples that, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to testify of me in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So we will be able to do that when we receive the Holy Spirit. But I feel like... Many of us live our lives waiting for that big goosebump moment. You know, the one what you feel, that you feel when you're in a church service, and you're like, oh my goodness, yes, you know, everybody's singing to the top of their voices, and you're like, yeah, no. We live our lives waiting for that, where the hair on the back of your hands, they raise because you're in the presence of God. And this is heartbreaking, Because I think we're limiting the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit when we do that. John chapter 14, 16 and 17 tells us, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know 
and recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be with you. I'm going to tell you a story of a gentleman that I heard of. Um, he was an English eccentric old man. Um, his name is Julian Ellis Morris. Some of you might have heard of him. And it said that Mr. Morris dressed like a tramp every day. And he would go about door to door selling soap, razors, razor blades, um, and shampoo. And every evening, he returns to his mansion. Beautiful, beautiful mansion. He returns to his mansion. He'd get dressed in his finest clothes. And then he'll have his driver take him to an exclusive restaurant where he will enjoy fine dining. Sometimes he would catch a flight to maybe a European city like Paris. He'd spend the night there. And he will have fine dining in the most exclusive Parisian restaurants. And the sad thing is that some of us as Christians live our lives like that on a day-to-day -day basis. We spend our lives in apparent spiritual poverty on a day-to-day -day basis and occasionally tapping into and enjoying God's richest blessings. See, we're quite happy to walk around in spiritual rags and not sit and eat at the table that God spread before us that is filled with his abundant spiritual blessings. Having said that, I want us to look at empowered by the Spirit from a different perspective. Are you ready to do that with me? Okay. So, we won't be going into Acts just yet. We'll be looking at Ephesians 4, sorry, that's Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, this sounds so much better. I don't know if it sounds better to you, but to my ear it does. <laughs> right, and in the early part of... Oh, I can speak properly now. <laughs> in the early part of the chapter, Paul is telling the Ephesian church, you know, about the goodness of God, about the grace that God's extended toward him, allowing him to travel extensively, um, you know, telling of the gospel, you know, spreading the good news to um, all of that area. And he's saying, listen, this is all part of God's master plan. Me doing this is all part of God's master plan. So if you see me having trials here, and if you see things going on, don't lose hope. Take heart. And in verse 14, he says, and this is from the NLT. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He's saying he will strengthen our inner man. 
by his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. See, Paul here is praying that what God starts inside of us. And Pastor Jeff said something last week, and that really like resonated. It, it touched something in me. He said about the fact that we, we, we go to God to ask him to lead us, to help lead me to the best university or the university that you want me to go to. Lord, I want to buy a house. Show me the area that you want me to buy this house and the house, the best house for me. God, I want a new job. You know, show me, lead me into these places. But maybe God wants to start something in here first. He wants to lead us in here first. And then the things, the outward things would follow. And that resonated with me. Because Paul says here that he wants to make his home in our hearts. He's, Paul is basically praying, you know, when you, you, he's like, Father God, I know your love is, is just so great. It's, it's just so great to, for us to ever be able to fully understand. But by the power of your spirit, if we could just get it a little then we will be able to fully live through the power that comes from you. See, the Holy Spirit has come to empower us to live beyond our natural selves. He empowers us to live in the love of God, to live according to the plans that he has for us. He empowers us to live what we perceive to be ordinary everyday lives in an extraordinary way. Do you understand that? Okay. In John 10.10, he says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You see, we can only live abundant lives through Christ, living with the eternal in mind. A lot of things can crowd our minds, and it can take our focus off Christ and eternity. You see, you can't live with eternity in mind not living in Christ. Because eternity is in Christ. He lives beyond all of our time. He, is, he does not live in our box. He lives outside of time. So when we live with eternity in mind, it means we're living for Christ. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. So I want us to look at a few things, how the Holy Spirit actually empowers us. Because 
I don't want us to be hanging and like, oh, okay, okay, the Holy Spirit empowers us, but there's nothing. When we read the word, so this is the first thing, when we read the word, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to understand what we read. John 16, 13 to 14. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you what he receives from me. So whenever we take the word up and we start reading what is there, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, to show us what God is saying to us through his word. You see, sometimes we forget the third person of the Trinity. So we remember, because we see all of God's creation, remember God created the earth. And Jesus came and he died to give us new life. So we remember Jesus but somehow we live like we forget that there is a third person of the Trinity. And it's not an it. You know, he's not an it, like I've heard in certain circles. Every time somebody, um, they refer to the Holy Spirit, oh yes, and it, they, you know, no, he's not an it. He is a he. He is the third person of the Holy Spirit, of the Trinity, sorry. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he will guide us into all truths that is here in his word. Um, when we pray, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray to the Father. Um, some of you may know in, in January, my mom had a stroke. And I'm here, she's in St. Vincent, and oh, it was tough because there's nothing I could do short of finding information out from my sister. And I decided I was going to pack my bags and I'm going to go and I'm going to leave the kids with Romeo and you can sort them out and yourself out. I'm going to meet my mommy. And then getting ready to go, I, you know you just go into practical mode and those of you who have been in situations like that. You just get into practical mode and you start. And that was me. I start packing my bags. I made sure I had things. You know, I had food because there were some intolerances that I have. Um, so one suitcase was packed with food. <laughs> and I could use my sister's clothes if I needed to. <laughs> I just needed food and I'll be fine. And then I got on the plane and I had about 10 hours ahead of me. So I was there with my feelings. And I'm there and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray for. Because I'm heading into a situation where I have no clue. The doctor said to me, oh, you know, don't, you don't have to come. But somewhere deep in my spirit, I was like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I asked my sister, I was like, do you need me? And she was like, yes. And if my sister is the type of person who does not say she needs help. And the fact that she was like, yes, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. 
And I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray for. <laughs> On one hand, I know what I want. I don't want anything to happen to my mom. I want my mom to be able to recognize me and to be able to talk to me and to tell me how she feels because I haven't seen her since 2018. And I'm like... But on the other hand, there's that part of me that's like, God, let your will be done. And I'm like, could you just make my will and your will measure up? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to be real. You know, I'm like, could you just make mine and yours measure up so that it just, it just falls in line? So what I want, when I get there, I'll get it. <laughs> you know? But I didn't know what to pray for. And I remember one night, and I, I got there, and I was still, you know, the situation when I got there was really hard to take in. And then I remember one night, I'd call Romeo at like two, three o'clock in the morning. He probably didn't love me then. <laughs> two, three o'clock in the morning, I'd be like, pray. Because I was like, I'm like, I don't know what to pray for. God, I don't know what to pray for. How do I pray? How do I pray? I know what I want. Do I pray that? But you know, sometimes you're like, I want to pray, but I don't know how. And then God said, Romans 8, 26, 27. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how we should pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible mournings and groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints according to God's will. You see, remember I was saying, let my desire and your will measure up. He says... The Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints according to God's will. So when I was like thinking all the things that I was thinking, the Holy Spirit, when I allowed him to, was interceding on my behalf because he knew God's will. And he's interceding on my behalf according to that will, according to the will of God. So I didn't have to fight up myself trying to find the right words to say, hoping that God will hear me and hoping that he would be like, oh, I hear you, commit." No, because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was there. He was like, listen, child, I've got direct access here. Let me do this on your behalf. I know what the Father wants. So I'm going to sort the, I'm going to go to the Father on your behalf. Isn't that good to know? So you know, when I was younger, every time I wanted something, I'll go to mom. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? Yep, I'll go to my mom. And then my mom would be like, nah, I don't know, ask your daddy. <laughs> yep. And then daddy going to be like, oh, so... Go to your mother. Oh, yeah, I went to mommy and mommy said to come to you. And then he'd be like, well, what did mommy say? <laughs> you know that, right? You're going back and forth between them. And at some point, mommy would go to daddy and daddy would talk. Mommy would talk to daddy and then daddy would kind of say, all right, then, yeah, carry on. How many of you have had that? You know what I'm talking about. As parents, how many of you do that to the kids? Don't point fingers, child. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll go to dad. And they'll be like, yeah, what did mommy say? 
But at some point, mommy goes to daddy and intercedes, doesn't she? The thing is, mommy doesn't, when you go to the spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't be like, you've been to God yet? <laughs> did you talk to Jesus? So what did Jesus say? No, because it says here that he intercedes on my behalf because he knows the Father's will. He knows that. You see, the Holy Spirit empowers us to pray. Because even when we can't pray, he then intercedes. Thirdly, he's come to empower us to live fruitful lives. Galatians 5:22. Now we know this. Probably should have done this when the kids were in here. And the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, then. Yeah. Yeah. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 23 says gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That tells me that I am empowered to live in love. The fruit of the Spirit, all the things that are here. See? When you look at it, God is love. He is love. He doesn't just love. He is love. So I live in love. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live in that love. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live joyfully. Joy and happiness are not necessarily the same thing because joy comes directly from him. Happiness can sometimes, your surroundings can have an impact on that. Peace. He is peace. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, all those things are found in him. And I am empowered to live in this and sometimes just like me earlier as soon as you hear Galatians 5.22 you start singing and the fruit of the spirit forgetting that it's not just words on a paper but it is us being empowered to live in this way because we've got the Holy Spirit living within us The other thing is, we're empowered to live. We're empowered to overcome sin and temptation. It is very easy to sometimes want to live above sin ourselves. Sometimes... Because growing up, you, you're constantly wanting to be good and you want to, and you somehow we have this, if I'm good, then I'm loved. Um, and if I'm not good, then I'm not loved. But the Holy Spirit tells me 
that he empowers us to live above sin and temptation. Romans, I love Romans 8. Honestly, if, if you could go home and you can read Romans 8, please do. Because it tells me so much about the Holy Spirit, his work in my life, and all the things that he's empowered me to do. So Romans 8, 1 to 2 says, Now there is therefore no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. We've been empowered to live beyond that. Um, and First Corinthians, chapter 10, 12 to 13. Yep, this happens all the time. Indy, have you seen my glasses? They're on your head. Yeah. So 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Empowered to live beyond temptation. Never said you won't get tempted. He even went after Jesus to tempt him. He didn't say you won't get tempted. But when you're tempted, he gives you a way out. He empowers us to live above and beyond it. And as I read on in this chapter, um, I paused because in verse 5, it caused me to stop and reflect. Verse 5 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to think and to find ways and to think of ways that please God. How simple is that? I was like, he says, because I'm controlled by the Spirit, He causes me to think of things that please God. How lovely is that? Philippians 4. And 8 says, and now dear brothers and sisters, don't think you've got that. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. 
think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do, to think of these things. He's come to empower us to live beyond and above bitterness. I'm going to get real with you now because you know sometimes things happen and if you dwell on that, you can get bitter over it. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to live above that. He empowers us to live above hatred. He empowers us to live beyond guilt. We just read, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Every time the enemy comes at you with those lies, you go back to the scripture and remember what the Holy Spirit says to you. He empowers us to live against and above insecurities. So when the enemy tells you, oh, you're this and you're that, and you would never be able to do that. You remember what he said, what, what the Holy Spirit says. The Holy Spirit says that, hold on, I am more than a conqueror. You remember these things because we're empowered to live above it. We're empowered to live above these things. We're empowered to live with the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Uh, I mean, it might have been a gentle rolling away of the stone, but it might not have been. I, I'd like to think it wasn't a gentle rolling away. I'd like to think it was like, shh. You know, you know have you ever seen a volcano? Well, no, probably not. But when a volcano erupts, right, it doesn't just sizzle, you know. Not even old faithful in America, that doesn't even just sizzle because it comes up with a force. And that same force that we were talking about earlier, the Holy Spirit is a force. I just don't want us to live waiting for goosebump moments when we've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit reminds us and testifies that we are children of God. If you read on in Romans 8 and verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He empowers us to forgive. And when you forgive, you can't live in, a, in bitterness which is why I was saying earlier, he empowers us to live beyond bitterness. Colossians 3.13 tells us to make allowances for each other because God forgave us. So we too should forgive. And when you're in situations that seem hopeless and it feels like circumstances are getting you down and are weighing you down, Remember Romans 15, 13, that says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit empowers us with boldness to be his witness. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, the Holy Spirit gives us the right words to say at the right time. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, oh my goodness, I have no clue. You, you, you know you, somebody's saying something, but you want to tell them, or they ask you something that you know is going to lead directly into your story. God is in the center of your story. And you're like, how do I say this? What do I do without offending? Because everybody seems to get offended these days. And you're like, how, how, how? And you open your mouth and it comes out. And you're like, wow. And you know that was God. Because you would not have had the boldness to share your story otherwise. You wouldn't have had. Some of us are shy. Some of us think we're not very good with words. So when you open your mouth and your story comes out and it's, it impacts somebody else, you know, oh my word, that's me being able to speak because the power of the Holy Spirit. That wasn't me. So my message, I prepared this message and I was fine I was fine with it. I was like, right after I got through that very first part of being like, do I go down the, nat the natural path or do I go where I feel God's leading me? Um, and I was fine. I got my message all sorted out. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I started second guessing everything. <laughs> everything I started second guessing it. And I'm coming this morning and I'm going to be speaking on being empowered by the Holy Spirit, but yet... This morning I was like, I can't do it. That's it. You know when you open your mouth in certain situations, it is because God's giving you the authority and he's giving you the power to speak it there and then. He's giving you the right words at the right time. So whatever we need, whatever we need to do, however we need to do it. The Holy Spirit is there to give us the strength and the power that we need to be able to carry it out. See, he's always there, even though sometimes we live like he's not. And you might be going through life sometimes and you're thinking, but and you're probably sitting there thinking, yeah, Camille, that sounds all good you know, and well. But where was he? Where was he when I was going through what I was going through? Where was he when I was in the valley? Where was he when I felt like I was overwhelmed by life itself? Where was he when I was going through my storm, when the winds and the waves were battering me? Where was he? He was right there. He was right there. You remember that story that I told us earlier? 
about Julian Morris. His riches were always there. His money was always there. His mansion was always there. He could have driven wherever he wanted to go in his limousine. But he dressed up as a tramp, walking door to door. I'm imagining that it was one of those years when the, the winter was really, really, really cold and the summer was really, really, really hot. And he probably looked tattered and homeless. But his money was there. And do you know the thing is, he didn't even have to go door to door selling anything because he was unbelievably rich. Now, I'm not saying that this is the case with all of us. And I'm not saying that, you know, because sometimes, like I said, you know, we go through things. But sometimes we live forgetting that we've got that dynamis power residing inside of us. We walk around like paupers. Because that that's what Julian Morris was doing. Walking around like a... I'm sure people probably thought he was homeless. The spirit is always there with us. His power is always there. And he's always been there. Because he was there since creation. He was there. Because when God spoke, he was the Ruach. He was always there before the beginning of time. He's always been there. But sometimes we go around living and forgetting that that third person of the Trinity lives within us. And it's my prayer this morning that we live beyond that Julian Morris mentality, that we don't live like he did. that we live empowered lives that God has called us to live. May I pray with you this morning? And I'm going to pray exactly what Paul prayed over the Ephesian church. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. And I'm going to pray it from the Amplified Version. For this reason, grasping the greatness of his plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derived its name, God, the first and ultimate Father. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith, 
And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives completely filled and flooded with himself. Amen.